Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much um, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that we are able to come together as a body of believers and um, search your word and your truth and gain new understanding of who you are and how much you love us and how much you've called us according to your purposes. So, Lord, as we, the three of us, speak up here, Lord, I just pray that you would touch the hearts and lives of everyone in this room. Lord, I just pray that through your Holy Spirit that you would impart into their hearts what you want them to take out of this message and um, apply to their lives <clears throat> and um, what you have called them to in, the, in their lives, Lord. And I just thank you so much for this opportunity. I just pray that you would be glorified and praised. In Jesus' name. We had worship. Who are the leaders for worship? Wow. <laughs> Come on. Okay. So they taught on worship to love the Lord your God with all your heart. The next one, uh, the next group, they taught on ministry. Who did ministry? Minyuk. Steam. Um, <clears throat> theirs was love your neighbor as yourself. The next group was discipleship. Who did discipleship? Aaron's group, okay, and then the next was fellowship, baptizing them, um, baptism is a symbol of fellowship as it identifies the Christian with Christ as well as with the body of Christ, <clears throat> and the last one we are talking on is evangelism, go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, so our purpose statement is we exist to honor Jesus, serve others, connect, equip, and multiply culturally diverse students for the glory of God. Uh, does someone want to volunteer and read this? I'm just going to... Just pick somebody. John 2021. 20, okay. Jesus said to them, do you what you do. <laughs> <laughs> God leads you. So we could say evangelism is just going 
uh, to the 1040, you know, Howard spoke on missions, but that's not true. Evangelism is here everywhere where God has placed us. So you think about in your lives, in your schools, in your homes, among your friends, your parents, your families, your siblings. Oh, wonderful siblings. And, <laughs> and anywhere God leads, leads you, he's calling you to be his hands and feet to reach the lost that don't know him. It also means sharing what God has done in your life. So sharing your testimony. So you, you think of, you know, what, what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to share with my friends? What am I supposed to say? Just say what God has done in your life. Why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you claim him as your savior? What has he done for you? Um, you sharing that is a testimony. It's, it's a step of evangelism um, and sharing who he is and how much he means to you. Um, be bold and don't be discouraged. Um, <clears throat> sometimes we um, get really discouraged in going out and trying to be a witness or to um, share our testimony with other people. Um, but um, I want to share a story about my father. And um, so my dad was one of those people that you would be really scared to share the Bible or share Jesus with. Um, he was raised in a home that his father believed that all Christians were hypocrites. And he said, if I ever hear that you walk into a door of a church, you will be in trouble. Um, I never want you see, I would never want to see you hanging around with those kind of people. And um, so that's what my father grew up in. And as a um, <clears throat> young adult, he was not, his life was not directed in the right path. He was into drugs and everything else. And um, <clears throat> as he was working, there was this man who, I guess, said, the Lord told him, you need to tell this man about Jesus. And he struggled with it for a little while and said, no, I don't want to tell this man about Jesus because he's not the man I want to tell. <laughs> he's going to be really difficult to tell. And um, so finally, he went up to my dad and said, you know, with his New Testament Bible in his hand, he said, you know, I want to I want to share Jesus with you. And he said, get out of my face. Don't ever come and talk to me about this Jesus ever again. Well, the Lord kept pressing on this man's heart, and so this man kept being faithful to the Lord and coming up to my dad saying, you know, can I talk to you about Jesus? And my father would just get so angry at him, but he saved face because he was at his workplace. And so the man started coming to his house. And so the man came to his house and knocked on the door and said, can you please just let me share Jesus with you? And he said, if I ever see you at my house again, it will not be a nice sight. So the man walks away, and the Lord's still pressing on his heart, share with Jesus with this man. So he's coming faithfully, comes to the door. My dad sees him coming, you know, up the walkway. He grabs his shotgun, opens up the door, and said, if I see you on my property again, I'm going to blow you, and he used a couple choice words, off of my yard. So this is... <laughs> This is the man that my father was. Well, at the workplace, this man continued to pursue my father. And my father was just getting to the point where he was like, ugh, what do I need to do to get this man to leave me alone? He wasn't coming to the house anymore, but he was still approaching him at the workplace. And so my dad said, if I take this New Testament Bible from you, 
will you leave me alone? And he said, yeah, I'll leave you alone if you take the New Testament Bible. So he's like, okay. So he puts the New Testament into his shirt pocket, and he's like, chuck this thing the first thing, you know, I get a chance. Well, he forgets about it until he gets home. And he gets out his pot and his, all his, you know, alcohol and stuff, and he's sitting by the fireplace and remembers this New Testament in his, in his pocket, and he's like, ah. And he takes it out and he chucks it at the fireplace. And it misses and it falls. Even though the fire was blazing and right there, it falls and hits the, hits the floor. It sits there for a couple days. Well, in those couple days, his life just kind of went downhill. And the Lord was pursuing him. He didn't know this, but the Lord was pursuing him. And he got to the point where he was just like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I can't handle my life. And then he remembered that New Testament, and he picked it up. He turned to the book of John. He just opened it up, and he started reading. And he was like, oh, my gosh, this is me. And he kept reading and kept reading. And then he just started bawling and bawling and bawling. And he said he read it from the New Testament from front to front to back three times, and he couldn't set it down. He was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And so he took all of his alcohol and his drugs and he disposed of all of it, burned all of his nasty magazines, just totally like got rid of everything. And so what we want to say to you with this story of my father, he ended up coming to the Lord, but he was the kind of per the person that you guys would see, I never want to tell that person about the Lord. But you never know what God is doing in the in their hearts, what the Holy Spirit is doing in their heart to prepare them to come to know the Lord. So be bold, be faithful. But if someone is, you know, threatening you with a gun, you, you might want to pray from a distance. Um, unless the Lord tells you, like Josh is probably going to be in certain countries overseas where God's going to say, nope, I still want you to go and pursue that person for the Lord. <clears throat> so why is evangelism important? Well, first of all, God made us in his image. Um, okay, so yeah. Uh, and the verse that talks about that is Genesis 1.27. The next thing is he wants to have a relationship with us. He clearly loves us. Um, one example that everyone should know is that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. And that just shows how much he loves us to do that. The other one is story of Abraham, where he called him to be a blessing to all nations. And the story of Moses, where he stayed faithful to his chosen people, no matter other faithfulness. You know how when Moses was on the mountain and all the people, they started choosing other gods, the golden calf and um, sacrificing, uh, giving them sacrifices. Yet, God still stayed faithful to them after that. Like I said earlier, Jesus died on the cross for us, and Jesus is our only way to salvation. Uh, Jesus also commands us to go out and evangelize and make disciples all throughout the nations, which is Matthew 28, 19, and that's called the Great Commission. Sharing the gospel is a powerful way to love people. When, um, oh, Andre, you have an example for that. Okay, okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but we're in Matthew 10, 8, and 2 Corinthians 5, 14. It talks about how we, uh, we were saved by the good news, and 
in order to save others, we also have to continue to spread the gospel. Uh, God is passionate about our personal growth, and lost people matter deeply to God. Oh, how do we evangelize? So is evangelism easy? Nope. Is evangelism comfortable? No, not, not nearly. Does, but does it plant seeds in their hearts? Yep. So evangelism is not easy and it's, not unco- and it's uncomfortable. People will think you're either crazy and following the command of Christ will sometimes create tension with others. When we proclaim the good news, we grow as Christ's disciples. Evangelism opens us up to the adventure of obeying God and collaborating with him in ways that we strengthen our faith and transform our thinking. We sometimes let fear uh, control us and we don't know what happens unless we try. Okay, so what you should not do. So the main thing that we've been talking about so far is don't be discouraged. And the second thing is... uh, be aggressive, like in a bad way. It's good to be persistent and continue after people, but when we say be aggressive in a bad way, it's like, Jaden, <laughs> believe in God, you heathen, you sinner. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's an example. Another one is argue. <laughs> okay. Um, or don't be scary, kind of. <laughs> like she was like being aggressive um, and also try not to condemn or be belittling alright so now we have um, ways on how to um, share with others how to lead someone to the Lord um, so we're, I'm going to go through some verses and some of you you could either be on one side or the other one side you're already saved You've already asked Christ into your life. You've already um, <clears throat> asked him to forgive you of your sins and to become Lord of your life. And maybe you haven't done that yet. If you haven't, then as we go through this, um, you know, ask the Lord to, to, um, to reveal this to you. And um, maybe by the end you'll want to come in and ask Jesus into your heart. So these verses are tools which are on your card that each of you receive, um, tools to use as kind of like a way to share the gospel with somebody else that you come in contact with, your friends, your family, your neighbor, whoever. So Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that when Adam sinned, that we all became sinners. Sin entered the world, and we are all sinners. And your friend might say, when you come to them and talk to them, they might say, you don't understand. Christ, you know, Jesus could never forgive a sinner like me. And we all have sinned. It doesn't matter the, how big, how small the sin is. We are all sinners. And the point is, is that Christ died for us, um, and he was perfect, and we were still sinners. So <clears throat> we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, he died on the cross as a free gift to us, <clears throat> so that we could have eternal life through Jesus in heaven with God. So, 
Romans 6.23 is just talking about how through his gift of sacrifice, because we couldn't, like Robin couldn't pay for the sins of all of us because he's a sinner too. None of us could pay for each other's sins. Even if we tried to be the best person ever, we still couldn't save somebody else. Even if we tried to be the best person for ourselves, we couldn't save ourselves. We had to have somebody to come and pay that price for us, which was Christ. <clears throat> Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> um, Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So they recognize that they are sinners, that they need somebody to save them. <clears throat> and then they can call on the name of the Lord and can be saved. Well, how do we call on the name of the Lord? In Romans 10, 10, it says, for with the heart we believe and, and are justified, and with the mouth we confess and are saved. So in our heart, it's not just like, yeah, I believe in, in Jesus. We say it with our mouth. No, it has to come from our heart. Remember um, in the Old Testament where it talks about Jesus is looking at the, at the heart. You know, when he picks the kings, he picks David, he says, um, to Samuel, he says that you're looking at the outer appearance, but I'm looking at the heart. God is looking at your heart, at the, at the person's heart that, is, that you are talking to about Jesus. They can easily say, yeah, you know, I believe in Jesus. We can even say, yeah, I, be I believe in Jesus. But do we truly believe it, that, that we believe him in our heart, that he loves us and that he saved us and that he, you know, he is our God and king of our lives? So, <clears throat> Um, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not in your own doing, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. So it's by grace that we have been saved. It's nothing that we can have done. It's no good works. It's nothing like if we work hard enough, then we can make it to heaven. We will be forgiven of our sins. No, it's nothing we can do. It's by grace the grace of Jesus Christ alone that he has saved us. <clears throat> so um, it says here in John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we come before Jesus, when your friends come before Jesus, when you are leading them through these verses or you're talking to them about Jesus, um, when they confess their sins before the Lord, you guys know this, those who, of you who walk um, a life with the Lord. You know, we feel like when we do the bad things, it separates us from God. You know, we feel like, oh, we really can't feel God. He's, you know, we, I feel like he's not there. But it's our own sin, it's our own guilt, our own shame that is separating us from the Lord. So when we confess and we make things right with the Lord, we feel closer to him. We feel like he's right there. And so when we confess, when your friends confess their sins to the Lord, <clears throat> it's, the Lord is able to pour into their lives, be able to reveal himself to them. The Holy Spirit can come into their lives and um, make, the, make himself known to them. So he is faithful and, to ju and just to forgive them and cleanse them from all their unrighteousness and ours. So in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. So basically, it's just saying in Revelations, the Lord is at, at your friend's door's heart. He's at everybody's heart at one point. Could be past because you've already come to know the Lord, or it could be present. He's at your door of your heart now 
pursuing you to come to know him. Um, he's longing that all would come to know him, that none would fall away, right? So he's at the door knocking. Are we going to open up our, our hearts towards him? Are our friends going to open up their hearts towards him? We have to realize in the next verse um, that it's on there, right? Oh, no. Okay, on the next verse of the card, um, that it's the Holy Spirit working. First Corinthians, uh, yeah. That um, the, the Holy Spirit is working on the hearts and lives of your friends. So you might think, oh, I didn't get very far with them. But be patient. The, the Holy Spirit is working in the hearts and lives. Oh, so what should you do? So be bold. Uh, we shouldn't let fear control us. And we don't know unless we try. So just do it. So study the word. So when you, I guess when you go to your friend or anyone or a stranger, um, kind of like study like what um, the Bible has to say. And um, the next one is don't rush directly into the topic of witnessing. So basically, you know, that kind of, if you um, start off with that, it might scare them. So just talk with them, like um, ask them what's going on. Like don't expect them to immediately trust you. So it's gonna take a while for someone to open up to you. And the next one is listen and pay attention. Evangelism isn't just waiting for an opportunity to speak. It needs to be a real conversation and an exchange of ideas. Uh, when you ask a question like, are you happy in life? Do you ever feel as if you're missing out on something? Really listen to the answer of someone, what someone gives. Aside from giving them the feeling that they have a willing listener, you need to pay attention to what they are saying to learn to respond accurately and convincingly. So it's like active listening. We all have to do that. And it's like, and maybe ask them, like Howard said, like ask them how, <laughs> how's life like re like how are you really doing <laughs> and so the next one um, you should talk about your testimony and it can encourage them and you tell them about how um, how you became a Christian or what God has done in your life and what it means to you and how your faith was changed so uh, and then the next one is tell them that God loves them and the next one is you, you pray with them. If the person has never prayed before, they might be curious and nervous about the process, which you can help aid by helping them through their first prayer session. So say a sim simple and brief prayer, introducing them to the practice. Tell them how to pray and when to pray. And um, the next one is recommend a church in the area. If you're in the town and they don't know where, and a lot of people um, don't know where to go, just tell them, um, recommend a church to them. Um, knowing the time of the next service could be a nice way to give a possible like way to give them to them. So, yep. Okay, what we forget sometimes. God frequently involves us making ourselves uncomfortable, um, ourselves uncomfortable in situations. So sometimes we, um, God will call us to do something and we're like, no God, I don't wanna do that. 
no, I don't want to do that. And it's a step in our faith in the Lord. Um, when God call, calls us to step out in our faith, he's growing our own faith and our own walk with him. As believers, um, he's called us in the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. So <clears throat> with us being faithful to him in the little things, then he's going to give us larger things um, and increase our faith in him. So <clears throat> Acts 8, 26 through 35, um, that is the story when, I'm just going to paraphrase it, when Philip, the Holy Spirit told Philip to go uh, run up to this carriage and yeah, basically run up to this carriage. And he was like, okay, didn't say why, just go. So he went, and when he went, he listened to this um, Enoch. It was it Ethiopian Enoch? Um, Enoch? Eunuch. What did I say, Enoch? Yeah, we oh, said eunuch. That. <laughs> we did say that last time. Okay, eunuch. Um, and he was reading a portion of scripture, and um, Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, no. And, he's, and so he invited him to come up into the carriage um, to explain to him. And so Philip was able to explain to him the word of God. But what, the point we want to get at is Philip, the Holy Spirit prompted him to go, but didn't tell him why to go. He just said go. And Philip was obedient and went. And in doing so, he was able to lead this eunuch to the Lord. <laughs> There are opportunities um, all around us to share the gospel. Um, 1 Corinthians 3.16, I, Paul, planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. That was the verse that I was talking about. So there's going to be opportunities, and there's going to be opportunities that maybe God's calling you to or prompting in your, in your heart, go and talk to this person. And it may be just, you know, listening to them because they're really having a hard time and then praying for them. It might be something small. And sometimes when we think about evangelism, we think um, we got to win them for the Lord. And if, they, if we don't, then we get really discouraged and like, you know, I'm just really not good at this evangelism thing. And really, it's planting a seed. The Holy Spirit has each of our hearts in process of coming to know him. And, you know, this, this eunuch, um, he, he was at harvest time. His heart was ready to be harvested. But some of your friends that you may be talking to um, about Jesus or being an influence in their lives, praying for them, witnessing to them, listening to them, their hearts might not be at the place where it's ready to, you know, fall and listen to Jesus, to come to know the Lord. Um, so you have to realize that evangelism is a process, and each step you're being a, a vessel for Christ. Not just You're not just evangelist. The, the person who is able to win that person to the Lord. Those people are not just the evangelists. The people who are out there daily telling people about Jesus, being a witness with their lives and with their words is also an evangelism and planting the seeds for Christ <clears throat> so that um, God can, can um, give the growth for that. So salvation takes a moment to receive and a lifetime to understand. So a uh, continuation of what we sometimes forget is not everyone will believe, so do not be discouraged. Like Ray was saying, it, everyone is at a different place in their life, um, and people will accept the Lord 
in different parts of their lives, but you get the chance to <laughs> be the one to plant that seed in them. Um, so for an example, I, I started bringing friends to church when I was in about middle school, but it wasn't because I wanted to go and evangelize and I was a super Christian, like I wanted all my friends to believe. I hadn't reached that point yet. It was more of, oh, I want my school friends to meet my cool church friends and meet my cool <laughs> church and pastor and stuff. <laughs> but once I hit high school, that's when I started to desire to bring my friends, my school friends, into this really important part of my life. Um, I started bringing several of my friends from school, but I started to get really discouraged when I started to notice that it didn't seem like any of them were like getting it or how I thought they would have been, like they would have all accepted the Lord and they'd be like, we'd be having these Christian conversations about God all the time. That didn't happen. And so I started getting really discouraged and I was like, you know, um, maybe I should just stop bringing my friends for a while, you know? It doesn't seem like what I want is happening um, because I didn't realize it's not about what I want all the time. Um, it's about what God wants and God has a plan for them. But I did get an encouragement from God a couple months ago. One of my friends who, when I met her in around eighth or ninth grade, she was an atheist. She grew up in a Catholic home but she didn't like the Catholic Church, and then something happened in her life where she was like, I don't wanna believe in a God who would let this kind of thing happen to me. But when she texted me, she told me that she had just spent uh, time in prayer with God, and it was the most comfortable she had felt with him, and she said that um, me just like loving on her and uh, talking, we talked about missionaries a couple of weeks before that, and she said that having me to be there for her, because most of her friends weren't Christian, um, that I was able to help her, and it was really encouraging to me, because I was like, oh, you know, maybe this isn't a lost cause, maybe I do, like, make a difference, and I can plant seeds in people, so yes. So to reiterate from that, um, my bad. Oops. Uh, Sorry. Technical difficulties. <laughs> what happened? Um, so for Isaiah 6, it's basically like a story about um, Isaiah and then him going, preaching the word. But then like um, the people there weren't ready and God knew that they weren't gonna receive. So I mean, God gives us a choice, whether we accept it, deny it, it's our choice. And we have to understand that some people don't, um, <laughs> are not ready to receive. It's like what Ray said, and it takes time, and it's like a harvest. So where did I do that? Not that. Um, so there, um, there's this, one of my close friends, and we grew up, we technically, uh, uh, we went to the same high school together, and uh, we were really good friends. At first, we weren't really, because uh, my first impression of her, I didn't really like her as much, because we were so different, and she, um, 
she's a uh, very extroverted person. It's like five people into one person. And I didn't know how to handle that, but I ended up um, loving her. And um, one day, um, so she's a very happy person. You can never seem like there's nothing wrong. Like she's always um, so happy that you would never think she she was ever sad. But then one day when we were in the lunchroom, she started crying and I didn't know what to do. Like, what can you expect? Um, I never see her like that. And um, in her situation, um, a lot of things have happened. Uh, she was a, a foster child. She was adopted a lot. Like she was passed, um, she went through like different parents each time. Um, she was born with like uh, birth deformity where she has no, f uh, she only has like certain fingers and she has nubs. And so even though she had that, she was, she was still like always happy. And I never saw that in her. And when she was crying, she told me that her adopted parents um, did something bad and her adopted parents are kind of mean and they're not that understanding. So I tried to help her. And then I told her about God and how God lo loves her and God knows like there's a purpose for you and he'll help you through that. But then it dawned on, uh, but then she said that, um, how can I believe in God when I've done this like my life alone? And so I kind of, uh, it kind of shook me because like, what do you expect? It kind of hurt, like I understand and it kind of, um, I know that situation of feeling alone. And so, um, uh, so I told her that I'll help her go through, like help her with it. So I took her to, uh, to uh, when I used to go, I used to go to New Hope and uh, we had like, it's like similar to college group and I took her there and she seemed to like it, but then um, I know that when people asked her like, oh, are you a Christian? Do you believe in Christ? I know like she just gave answers just to make them stop asking or she just gave them answers so that they would just be happy with it or like no one would question her. And I know like she wasn't fully like believing, but she just went. And so I guess as we kept going, um, I kind of got frustrated because I mean, I wanted her to know that God, that God loves her, but you know, everything takes time. And I guess I forget that it's like a process and I'm still kind of going through that with her right now. And, um, but then, um, yeah, it's kind of discouraging, but I act, uh, but then um, I, bought, I brought one of my, our uh, mutual friends. We're also very close to her, both of us. But uh, I brought her, uh, I, went, I took her there too, and I didn't expect much out of her. I just wanted her to go with us so that she doesn't feel alone. So it's the two of us. So uh, when I took her there, she immediately like uh, was responding to, uh, to what the lessons were. And she told, uh, she was just like, oh, like in love with God after that. And she still is 
So that was like an encouraging, but you know, not everything, uh, everyone has a different st starting point. So just have to understand and be patient with it. So just to reiterate again, um, that it's a process. And the first Corinthians three, six, the Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God is the one that, that gives the growth. So you guys may um, share your faith, share your testimony, be um, a witness to your friends and, and family, but realize that it's God who's gonna cause the growth, who's gonna prompt their, their hearts after him. <clears throat> um, and then the last thing we wanna share with you is Matthew 28, 19, 20. Um, that's the Great Commission. And the Lord, he commands us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that he has commanded us. And, and um, he says, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So as you go out, realize that God is with you. He's given you the strength. If you ask him, he'll give you the words. He'll give you um, wisdom on how to share, how to be a vessel for him um, in the many different situations that you guys are able to share your faith. Because you realize everybody is different. And the way you share with somebody is going to be totally different with somebody else um, that you share with somebody else. So don't, it's, there's no set pattern. You know, we can give you uh, scriptures. We can give you um, ideas of what to go with. But realize that everybody's heart is at a different place. And, um, and some you may need to, like what Andre was saying, some you may need to listen to and cry with um, as you you know, talk to them and pray with them about the Lord and prompt them um, through scripture to, to follow Jesus. And others, you may bring them to church their first time and they're like, yeah, this is what I've been looking for. Um, so um, we are just asking you guys to be faithful as um, followers of Christ, to be his hands and feet, um, to go out into your places of work and school and um, families and be a vessel for him. opportunity to be your disciples and to go out and spread the word Lord I ask that you would give us the courage to do so and that um, when things don't go the way we necessarily want them to that we would not be discouraged Lord but that we would continue to be faithful to you Lord and continue to spread your word as you commanded us to and thank you for everything and just name amen, amen.